welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Inklings. So excited for this conversation today. You're going to need your Book of Mormon. And then let me get where we are going to be. We are in, have I truly been forgiven? So Elder Natris's talk, have I truly been forgiven? We're going to be in 3 Nephi 17 is where we're going um, in the Book of Mormon. And we'll, we'll get there second. We're going to dive into the talk. Um, Q, Courtney is joining us. Oh, good morning. How are you? Hi. Good. I'm good. Good morning. Good morning. Um, how's Thursday going at your house? Um, good. It's oh, quiet around here. Weston is at FSY. So fun. Is he having fun? And so I have barely heard from him. Good. So oh, I'm that's assuming so yes. Fun. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. I like dropped him off and how much of me <laughs> wanted to stay. I All know. It's so fun. And <laughs> This is the thing I keep hearing from people whose kids have gone, which is so fun because now we're like two years into people going. Uh, but it sounds like, just yeah. so you know, Thursday is the best day at FSY. Like Thursday is when everything kicks in, which I'm dying to know why. Like, what is it about Thursdays? Okay. But I'm so interested if he texts tonight to say what his best day. Okay. Um, okay. I... I've been getting like one word answers. So he must be busy. Um, he hasn't asked to come home. So that's good. And I just keep praying that like, he has a moment this week where he feels and can oh. identify the spirit. And so I, I'm just like, I can't wait. And that's so, so now awesome. I'm even more excited. And I love those two today. words, um, feels and identifies. Um, which is so good. And I love that that's your prayer. You know, that is my prayer for my kids all the time is just please let them experience an increase of the spirit every day. I pray that for my yeah. kids, because this is what I'm learning is if you have the spirit, you're going to be fine. You'll be fine. Um, so if, if they yes. can just get the yes. spirit, then they're going to do the right thing and say the right thing and be the right thing. Um, but that's the trick is how do they yes. feel and like, yeah, identify and that, and for me, that is my big prayer with Weston and with Avery and Weston's a teenager though. So I feel like he needs it even more. Like it is, he is more distracted. It is less likely he wants to do family stuff and, you know, be around here. So I'm like, okay. Heavenly Father, I need him to identify. I need him to see where you are and where the Spirit is in his life right now so if we can get that knowledge, that base of what that looks like in his life, 
then hopefully he's always able to identify that's so and just kind of go good. back to those really, feelings. really so good. Um, so. Yeah, so that's so fun. Um, but you'll have to give us a report back. What did you think about FSY? Okay. You know, this is a community who so loves FSY because we've been in it since last year trying to oh. help get the counselors there and the kids there. Yes. And now we're, we're watching the fruit of that and it's awesome. It's so good. And how it was so fun because I posted on my stories. Um, and I, I've got a lot of members who are followers and several that aren't. And so I kind of explained what FSY was and I'm like, it's church camp. And essentially it's a space where you have activities and devotional devotionals that help the kids feel closer to Christ and feel mm. the joy of Christ. You know, that was kind of my explanation. And like so many people are like, wait, I, I want that. And I was like, oh yeah, there's women's conference. You can That's have that so too. That's so true. That really is so true. Um, people are saying maybe we're talking over each other. So let me just give two things. Sometimes it helps if you go out and come back in. Um, not you, not you, sorry, oh, okay. not you. I'll the whole audience, that. anyone who's oh, experiencing okay. that, that will sometimes fix it for your phone. Um, and sometimes okay. um, Instagram is slow. They, they just have that and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, but we, it sounds like for most people are not experiencing that. Um, but there are some people who are, so go out and just okay. log right back in and it might fix that for you. And then we, if we interrupt each other, we'll be really good at trying not to, um, that is the thing about things like this. It happens on don't miss this too. When you don't have like a planned, we didn't plan what we were doing. It is one of those like live conversations where you're just responding as you would at lunch you know that's what it feels like and um so people have to get used to that it it isn't a planned conversation so we might interrupt each other but only because we're so excited about what we're talking about and we'll try and be good about that um okay and some people are saying that's fixing it so just go out and come back in and it it might just shift it for you um Okay, we are gonna dive into this. It's so good. Oh, actually, someone asked about an update on Seth. So, um, I don't know if you saw my post, Courtney, but we have this cute boy yeah. in our neighborhood who has a mission call and was supposed to be leaving in two weeks and went, um, they, they were in Yuba camping and the dad took a group of the cousins on the boat and he was gonna go around and meet them by four-wheeler and just never got where they were meeting up. And it's, it's part of this story is just so neat. Um, the fact that the dad went looking immediately. He just immediately felt to go looking, which I think is so sweet. And um, the mom had reached out to the sheriff's department to say, we need help. And they were like, oh, we don't go this soon looking for people. We, there's a certain amount of time that we wait because it's so expensive. and um, he's a teenage boy on a four wheeler and, um, which makes me love the dad even more that he was like, I have to go right now to where the boy is. And, um, his four wheeler had, um, not functioned right and threw him and he broke his femur and his foot and some bones in his face. And he was three feet away from shade and so in so much pain, he couldn't even 
moved to it. So he just had to sit in the sun and he put his two hands on his flip-flops to try and hold the weight off of his femur. And this is my favorite part of the whole story. When I was talking to his cute mom and dad in the hospital room is his mom said to him, what did you do for the three and a half hours? And he said, I prayed that I would have the strength that comes from the atonement. And I knew that Jesus had suffered even more than this. So he would give me strength. And I sang, I am a child of God, which I just love that he's like, I'll go to my identity. That's what is going to give me strength and courage. And um, then the, the third thing was his dad on a date when he was a teenager had been on a night hike and had broken his leg, much the same situation, and had to sit in a puddle until they got the rescue team up the mountain to help him. And he said, I just thought of my dad. And I knew if he made it through something like this, I could make it through too. And um, that he, uh, that that strength is what powered him through. And then he said, and I knew, I knew dad would come. I knew he would come. And it's just so cute to me that that dad instantly was like, I have to go and find him. And when the mom had finally talked the sheriff's department into a helicopter or something, the dad called right then and said, I have him. I found him. I have him and we need help. Um, and so it's so interesting how everything just like came together. And so when they got to the hospital, he was alert and awake and everything. And they were taking him back for surgery. But there is this thing that sometimes can happen where the fatty marrow or something in the bones will enter into the body and it can put you in a coma. Um, when so he just didn't wake up yet from surgery and they're just waiting and we're just praying their whole ward did a fast on sunday and then they when i was up so greg was having surgery and i happened to be in the same hospital they were in so i was like i'm just gonna run up there and just love them and hug them while greg was um, doing his and we, and the mom just said we just need prayers that's what we feel like we just need prayers and so um, we're just praying, everyone. We're all just praying. They, um, he got pneumonia uh, the night before I went, and so he's intubated right now, and that's what you saw in the picture because they're just fighting that pneumonia. And then you just wait and uh, for him to wake up. And it could be two weeks, and you just wait. So, uh, and then you just see what, you know, what happens. So we're just praying so hard for that boy and for a miracle there. And the doctors have assured us that a, a miracle is like really possible in this situation. And that mom and dad are just so hopeful. So we're just, that's what we're praying for. The land choice above all other lands. That's what we're praying for right now. Um, so his name is Seth. Seth Kerr, K-J-E-R um, is his name and we're just, praying for him. That is what we're doing. Um, okay. So Courtney, introduce yourself in case anyone is new and then we will dive in. Uh, oh, and Greg is fine. Everyone, Greg. Okay. Greg, but real quick. Okay. But, um, good. We're, we're working on an issue in his throat and he did great and we love the doctor and we're just, um, 
going after that thing. So there's more surgeries to come, but he did great. Okay. Good. Um, well, it's so good to be back. I'm Courtney Rich, and I've been doing Inklings with Emily for a few years now. And um, my Instagram is Cake by Courtney. Uh, a lot of you know me for the sweet tooth that I have and the cakes that I share. Um, and I share a little bit about my family and a lot of it about Jesus and just my love for his gospel and um, and for my family and and for cake and so that's what you've got over there and then i like to come here and just yeah so Christ. awesome so i think it's so fun to just dive into this talk first and then we may get into yeah. third nephi 17 as we go but um you start us off courtney what has been one of your favorite things you studied <clears throat> oh my gosh well so so much and i i know everyone's read this talk i think it's such a beautiful story that we hear about um, Danny, um, this boy from Elder uh, Natris's ward that he is talking about. And I, I love the moment. Um, I think the one that like struck me first is that moment that they were mm. on the steps together yes. after, you know, they turned the mower off and they sat together and, um, Elder Nadra talked about Alma, the younger, and his story. And Danny was like, wait, that is how I feel. Like, I yeah. don't know that I can come back from this. You know, I want to. Like, I love that moment. Um, it was, it's just one line, number seven. Then one day, oh, his miracle I have that began. underlined and starred <sighs> in my talk. Okay, me too. And then it talked about a beginning again later on and trusting heavenly father and trusting the lord that that is when things can really begin but i don't know what it was but i was like why is that sticking out to me then one day his miracle began mm. i wrote magical next to that like there was something that just felt so magical and i think magical in my mind is also hopeful like we have these moments where we feel so desperate um whether we feel alone or we feel like we have gone to places that we can't come back from and mm -hmm. to have that one little glimmer that just little breakthrough of light come into our life to have that realization and that thought of like wait we may maybe i can do something maybe yes. there's hope for me and just that one phrase that one day his miracle yes. began i want to write that somewhere i need that somewhere in my life like nice and big because there's just the beginning and that is so special but then we read the rest of the story of just how that evolved and became just so yeah big that's so and good and beautiful. i i love that thought of um someone just wrote in here um this line that i love it happened on a day which comes out of the Old Testament. And it's that story of um, that this darling woman, and it says it three different times, just for fun, let's go there because we can't resist it. And it's so fun to think about um, that, just that thought of like change can come and miracles can come right that second. Um, I think it's in Second Kings 4, but I'm making that up. So hold on. Um, Okay. <laughs> um, 
One day I want to have creatures well, memorized you will. like you, Emily. You where I'm will. like, oh, yeah. Um, and it fell on a day. That's what it is. It's 2 Kings 4, 8. And it's such an awesome statement because it just starts out, this like once upon a time, right, is how we start stories. But this story starts out and it fell on a day. And then it's going to be the prophet coming in. And there's this, her name is a great woman. That's just her name. That's what we know her as. And she saw that he was coming and she invited him to come in and eat um, at her home. And then she said to her husband, I feel like this is a holy man who comes by our house. And so um, 11, it's going to happen again because she's like, I think I'm going to put a bed and a candlestick and a table so when he comes by he can just stop here and, and he can find rest in our home and so in verse 11 it happens again and it fell on a day that he came hither and um he says to her on that day you have done so much for us and what can we do for you for all this care and i love her answer it confuses us because her answer back is, I dwell among mine own people. Um, he had said to her, I can talk about you to the king, or I could do, like, you're really good at this. So we should tell someone about how you take care of people. And her answer is, I dwell among mine own people. Or in other words, her answer was nothing. I, I actually don't need you to do anything for me. I just, I find joy in doing this. And so what happens is he blesses her with a child she's been barren and he blesses her with a child and that child gets really sick one day and in verse 18 we're going to see that phrase again it fell on a day and um she holds him and he's so sick and he dies in her arms that that boy dies and i love that she tells her husband um i am gonna go to the, I'm gonna run to the man of God, she says, and I will be back again. And she just runs and when he sees her coming, um, and she says to her husband, it shall be well, it will be. And then she just takes off running and he sees her coming and says to the servant, run to meet her. Like he can tell something is not right. And you run to meet her and, and ask her these questions. Is it well with you and is it well with the child? And her answer back in that moment is, it is well. Which, it's not, like, you just want to be like, it's not well. Um, and just that power of her faith and, like, she's expecting a miracle. She is expecting it in that moment. That is how she's living. And I just love that thought of, like, uh, then one day his miracle began um, is the same for her. And this talk, it's so neat because you want to be like, when did that boy's miracle begin? Was it the moment when he turned off the mower or was it the moment when they sat on the porch or was it the moment when he started to turn his life around or was it actually after his mission? Like at what point did that miracle begin? And the same in this story. Did her miracle begin when she ran to the yeah. servant? Or did it actually begin when it fell on a day and she stopped the prophet and said, come eat bread in my house? Was that when the miracle began? That she didn't even know she needed 
yeah. was in that moment. And it's just such a powerful thought of like, when, when do our miracles begin? You know, when you look at your miracles, yeah. what was the actual start date of that? Right. And, and you think about it, you know, and he goes in and he talks about the brother going to his brother's mission farewell and, and maybe feeling a spark. And it made me think like, wait, in my mind, maybe that miracle started long before we even think about here because he had the light in him. He knew Christ. He knew the right way at one point in his life. He had the light in his eyes, right? As Elder Natra said, and it went away. And so what a miracle it was that he had family and friends and the, you know, his leaders at church that at some point helped mm -hmm. put that little spark in him that he knew the light so that when he fell so far away and had this one opportunity in sacrament, yeah. you know, and felt that spirit that he recognized it, like that those two instances the things that we don't, I think sometimes as parents, we're like, all right, we're going, we're going through the motions. I hope something sticks. I don't know. Like, please, Jesus, like, let something stick. And then fast forward all these years, he goes through all this. I'm sure his parents are distraught and stressed and just praying for his relief. And yeah. then he has that moment. He has that moment in sacrament as he's listening to these talks. And then, you know, of course, the shame and the guilt just drowns us so often and and it's the adversary's way of yeah. trying not to get us to come back to the light right to just bombard us with those feelings that are so heavy and just that idea of but can i really be forgiven is there a way back and the worry probably that this young boy feels and that we each feel when we are like i don't i don't know if i can get out of this like how I want to, but is there actually a way for me after I've done all yeah, these things? Which is so good. And and I love, I just love watching everyone's comments as they're like, it's, it's when this happened, it's when this happened, it's when this happened. And like you start looking and, and I love that you actually can't put a finger on that, that moment, that, but that in that time of great darkness that you're talking about, light could be, um, reached right it could be reached and um for him the the path out of that dark moment was forgiveness and you think about seth for him the path out of that dark place was a rescue and isn't forgiveness a rescue mm -hmm. um that yeah. i i have thought a lot about that alma the younger as i thought about seth in fact right when i walked out of his room i was like it's so interesting that what tied Seth through was remembering the words of his father. And do you remember that that's what gets Alma the younger through is remembering the words of yeah. his father. And I just think it's so important for us to realize the power of our words. It's important. And I had Garrett give me a blessing the other night and um, just for some things I'm trying to work through and get right in my mind and, and trying to figure out and, it was so cute because in the prayer, he's, so he's my son, everyone. And in the prayer, he said to me, um, um, God will listen. God will send you prompting. And he knows he can because you never ignore his promptings. And it was a 
sweet. It was sweet to me that he said it. And I like was like, okay, that is true. God does send me promptings and I do act on them. But I also, as a mom was like, I'm so glad that somehow, you know, that is my nature. Like somehow I have communicated to you over the process of years that that would be my nature. And I think we need to remember as moms or as aunts or as grandmas or whatever, even neighbor, right? Even as a neighbor of somebody who needs rescue or forgiveness or deliverance, um, that importance of like stopping the mower so that we can enter into those conversations that people remember. Alma the Younger remembered the words of his father. Seth remembered. Somehow Garrett remembers that, and it might be a bishop or it might be a young women's leader or it, it might be the lady next door who makes turkey sandwiches and avocado for lunch every time you come over with your friends or, you know, like we really can stop the mower and stopping the mower might be what allows for that miracle to happen in someone's life. We can bring light. Yeah. 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 And it makes me think of, of the end as um, he's talking about, I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of fast forward real quick because when we get down to um, paragraph 38, we start talking about third Nephi 17 and Christ yeah. was ready to leave. He was ready to like do his next thing. He had spent a day. He was busy. He was tired. And as he looked around and looked at the faces of the people, he knew they yeah. weren't ready to yes. let him go. I wouldn't be. I'd be like, wait, what? Don't, don't leave, you know? And he probably, and he saw that. And then I just love that. Like it just simply say, it says he stayed, he blessed them. He ministered, he prayed for them. He healed, he wept with them. Like he turned off his mower. He stayed. Yeah. Stayed a little longer. He knew that that's what they needed. And what a great example that, you know, he didn't, of course, it's Christ, but like he didn't get caught up in, yeah. no, I need to do this next thing. I'm supposed to go somewhere else, but was able to recognize, oh, I, I need to be yeah. in this moment right yes. now a, a little longer. And what that meant to the people and what, and, and to show them, I can heal you and do these right. miracles like I've done. Before. Yeah. And let's, how do let's we get that. to that point when we live in such a busy world that we actually have time? for those moments. Like, what does that actually look like is um, in a day, you know? And, and I love when he says to them, um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take us to 3rd Nephi 17 for a minute because I do love this part. In verse seven, have you any that are sick among you? Bring them hither. Have you any that are lame or blind or halt or maimed or leprous or that are withered or that are deaf or that are afflicted in any manner? Bring them hither and I will heal them. For I have compassion on you, and I see that your faith, in verse 8, is sufficient that I should heal you. And so, in verse 9, and this is the part that I love, um, it came to pass when he had thus spoken, all the multitude with one accord did go forth with their sick, and their afflicted, and their lame, and their blind, and their dumb, and with everyone who was afflicted in any manner, and he did heal them, every one. And I think it's so interesting to like in mine, the words um, that I have highlighted is right here. Every one. 
Um, often we're going to not turn the mower off for, to speak in a stadium, right? And, and we might have the thing where we're like, uh, okay, I see there's that kid walking down the street. I just got to get this mowing done. And then I will go to his house and see what he needs. Um, you know, if a stadium calls, you're going to be like, stop the mower. But if a boy walking down the street, you might be like, oh, okay, let me finish this. And then I'll go do that. And I love when Jesus is like, if there is someone who is hurting, then you stop for one. You stop for one. And um, that that's how most of our miracles are probably going to happen is those one-on-one porch moments. That's going to be the most like critical moments of our life are the porch moments. And how do we actually make time for porch moments? Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, um, you know, in your, your post, we talked about a lifetime to get it right. And I had that thought in my head as I was reading this and, um, a, a story and experience came to mind that I wrote down that I'd love to share because we're talking about, um, it feels like in this one, like, you know, being forgiven of our sins, but I also just spent some time this week thinking of, being able to forgive others and what that looks like. Yeah. And so I'm going to uh, just real quick share a quick story. So my parents separated when I was 18 and got divorced a couple years later. Um, my parents are, are remarried. We love them. You guys, we need yes, both my parents. We on do, here, so we they're do. just fantastic. We love them so much. We do. We love them. Steve and Diana, they're the best of the best. Um, fast forward. I mean, of course, feelings are hurt, you know, and, and my mom's dad, my grandpa Wayne, um, loved my dad as, as a son during their relationship. And he was hurt, you know, as a father-in-law. And I didn't realize, but held on to some feelings. So we fast forward to about six years ago, and my dad was called to be bishop in the Studio City ward. And um, it was cute. There's kind of two moments here where my dad looked at the state president and said, um, president, I think you have the wrong guy. Like, I, you, you know, my back, I've been divorced, right? I don't know, I, I guess it's kind of like that scarlet letter. He thought like, oh, there's, I can't serve as bishop. And president says to him, Steve, no, we need, need you. And this has been approved by the first presidency. And my dad, I think, had this moment like this, like, oh, really? Like, I. I can do this, you know, I've been forgiven and and you need me. And then the next tender moment that was really something interesting, this visual for me, um, I saw my grandpa, my mom's dad, not too long after that. And he was asking me for updates. And I said, oh, we were just in California um, to be there when my dad got set apart as Bishop. And grandpa looked at me and he said, Bishop? And I said, yeah, he was called to be Bishop of the Studio City Ward. And grandpa sat there for a minute and I saw tears come to his eyes. And he looked at me and he goes, wow, I guess if the Lord can forgive him, I should too. And it was 18 years after my parents divorce that I sat there and I watched my grandpa forgive my dad. And 
I could see visually this weight mm. lifted from him, you know, just kind of in his countenance. And I just think about the heaviness we carry when we are hurt by someone and when we find it difficult to forgive and we don't allow the savior in to be able to so help good. take that weight from us. But I just watched my grandpa at 80 years old, like forgive my dad right there. And just like this, I, there was almost like this bounce, like it just, you could see whatever weight that was and anger and sadness that he had for my dad just, yeah, you know, and it was 18 years. Sometimes it takes a long time and it is a lifetime. It feels like to get it right and to figure it out. Um, but with the savior, it was just such a testament that it was just like, oh no, that yeah. we can, we can be lifted. He and I think that when you burden share that story, it just makes me think there's so much charity in forgiveness. There is so much charity, like at the root of forgiveness is that deep love. It's love that, that overcomes um what is happening there and I, I love that thought of like um charity for like your dad for himself of being like god loves me enough um that i i can move forward now yeah. and continue to progress in my life and the fact that god's love would be that big you know of like okay get up brush yourself off and move forward with what is going on in your life and how important that is. And it's important for us too, as a people to recognize God does forgive that big. Like we want to go back to wait, can he do that? Is that in the handbook? Is that like, right? I, I'm going to check with someone in Salt Lake and see if, if it can go that way. And like, we we're so quick to go to limiting God and his ability to forgive and to allow well, he wants us to progress he does not want us to be damned we sometimes think of that word damned as like a place a, like a location um it's hell and actually to to be damned if i told you the river behind my house was damned you would you would not think of a place with fire and brimstone you would what would you think of if i was like the river behind my house is damned you would think go get, move the rocks, right? Like what's stopping it from moving? Go yeah. move the rocks. Yeah. And I love that thought of yeah. that's, that's the father we believe in is go move the rocks. That's what you've got to do. Whatever is preventing yeah. you from moving forward, move the rocks. And someone asked in here, how do I know if I've been forgiven? And I think part of it is, are you moving forward again? Because that's how you know. And are you moving in a direction that is facing Christ? Because if you are, then that's what forgiveness feels like. You're not stopped anymore. Yeah. Right. And don't you love that Elder Naturally says in paragraph 33, you know, like, look at your eyes. You're filled with the light. You're beaming with the spirit. Now what you need to do is move forward with your life. Don't look back, but look towards your next path. Look forward with 
faith to the next ordinance. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting too, that it's like, okay, don't just move forward, yeah. but what are you looking yes. towards? What is that next And moving forward with purpose and intention. And I love that he put ordinance, or maybe we're looking towards our covenants that we've made, right? To keep that focus and that yeah. direction um, in the yeah. moment. And I love when someone's asking about this scrupulosity or um, if that's a big word that you haven't heard before, it's that, that perfectionism mindset that is any of us who grew up in the 80s we have that it we it just was part of the culture um it's within the church but yeah. it's within the culture everyone so don't get confused about that being like a church thing that is a culture thing and um and it does tend to have an obsessive component to it it's just true it does and i think part of being able to forgive ourselves is you have to actually replace those thoughts. So when you go back into those thoughts that aren't healthy, it's exactly what you were talking about, Courtney. Um, I love when he's like, you stop looking backwards. Just be like, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to do this. Um, I've got to look um, for where am I going next? And and you'll realize um, that the mountain will eventually fall behind you and you'll look back and realize how small it is on the backside, even though it's not small when you're hiking it, but you'll look back and be like, Oh yeah, I, I, I got over that and I've moved forward now and I am, um, I'm, I'm getting past that. And so part of it is you actually have to train your thoughts sometimes to get, past that place yeah. you just have to yeah. you could sit in it and you know how to sit in it um I, i'm going to take us back to another old testament scripture because you guys know i love these old oh, testament good. scriptures so much and there's one we never talk <coughs> about and it's in the book of deuteronomy and i it's going to be in chapter two and there is this moment um let me bring you up to where it is remember when they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and do you remember why they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of a mistake right someone did something wrong that's how they got themselves there and and it wasn't just one person it was a lot right you, you got Moses you could point the blame at Moses you could point the blame at Aaron and all the people who built the calf you could point the blame on the 10 men who came back and said we can't conquer the um the people right there you could point the blame anywhere you want you could sit and obsess over it and over it and over it and over it and for 40 years they probably did while they were trying to to get their life straight and in order and then there is um this part in chapter two deuteronomy i like to think of as moses's journal um it pretty much tells the same story of numbers almost like exactly um but numbers is like the more historical account and deuteronomy is moses like looking back and being like okay here's what happened here's what i learned and so he he talks about we we went and we turned and we took our wilderness by the way of the red sea and we compassed mount there many days right they just kept going around and around and around and around for 40 years they really walk in circles that is what happens they, they don't get anywhere 
They just walk in circles. And then in verse three, the Lord says, you have compassed this mountain long enough. Go north. And I just love that. Um, it tells us in the footnote for compass, you've just gone around this mountain region or hill country long enough. You, you, you keep circling this thing. You're sitting in the thing. You got it. You've been here long enough. Go forward in essence, just yeah. move past this. And he says, this is where you're going to go. And there's going to be people who are going to make you fear. There's going to be people who tell you, you can't, there's going to be people who are like, no, that's part of you. Now you're stuck in this place. And I say, mm -hmm. and I love when he says in verse five, metal, not with them. If there's someone holding you back, you, you actually can't afford to get in that. And, and it might be real people, but it might be your thoughts. And, and what does he say? Meddle not with them. Don't take time for that. You can't. Um, this is not where I want you to be. And then um, there's this great scripture that's in verse seven. And he says this, in essence, you're going to be okay. He's going to tell him Deuteronomy 2, 7, because the Lord has blessed you in all the works of thy hand. And he knows you've been walking through this wilderness. He knows you have. He's, he knows the thing that went wrong. He knows the mistake. He's seen you wandering for 40 years. He knows you're walking through the wilderness. And how does he know? Because these 40 years, he's actually been with you, right? to make sure you have lacked for nothing. And I love that he's like, he hasn't just been in heaven. Like when you chose to walk for 40 years, he's like, well, I guess I'm walking in the wilderness for 40 years now because that's what Moses is doing. And he doesn't leave Moses and, and same for you. Uh, he knows the mistake. He, he clearly says, he, he, he tells him, I know the mistake. I see it. And how do I know it? Because I've actually been here with you the whole time, walking through it. And I think part of getting past scrupulosity and that perfectionism mindset is allowing the Lord to say to you, you've compassed this long enough. And I, I've been with you in it. I've been here the whole time. But how about we like move forward now? And I'll still, I'll go with you to the new place but you got to put that behind you and we have to be kind enough to ourselves to put it behind us but also as a society we have to be kind enough to others to let them put it behind them also i don't want to be the one who gets in someone's way that the lord has to be like meddle not with emily she's gonna hold you back you know do you want to be that person i want to be the yeah. bishop who is like yeah I actually see light in your eyes. I see where you are going. There is good in you. You're going to get through this. Um, I, I don't want to be the one who holds someone back ever. Um, but, but the one who like allows people to be forgiven. And, and like your grandpa, that sweet moment where he's like, well, I guess if the Lord can forgive him, then I, why would I be the one to meddle? in a situation that God is already taking right. care of. Yeah. And that right there, God's already taken care of. Like that does not have yeah. to be our burden, right? That is 
our that forgiveness is our gift to the person and to ourselves i just think about my grandpa holding on to that for so long the weight of that the feelings of that the the anger associated with that the negative thoughts associated with that and it's like oh but you didn't have to like we don't have to hold on to that because the lord isn't holding on to that he is taking care of it and thank heavens he is i don't want to have to that is so much that is so much right that is giving us the time to work through like he gave the people Mm -hmm. 40 take as long as you need to work through it and and I think there is kindness there too of yeah. like spend time in the bishop's office, spend mm-hmm. time with a counselor if you need to, to figure out how you're going to get this right. And, um, you know, spend time working through it. But I also love that there is going to be that day when he's like, okay, you've compassed this long enough, move forward, start going forward. And I, I love yeah. the thought of what we learn about that. Um, I, I also love two in verse 31 yeah. and we'll just finish there. Well, in 24, when he says, rise ye up, take your journey, right? It's just go, go forward. But, mm-hmm. um, I love in verse 31 when he says, and the Lord said unto me, behold, I have begun to give, um, Sihon and his land before thee. I have begun. Like, I don't you love the thought of like, um, this move forward, but I have only just begun to show you the miracle that is about to be your life. I've just begun to show it to you. And uh, the same is true for us, that there's going to be greater things ahead. You can get stuck in what's behind. You can, it's human nature. But what if you then miss the miracle that's ahead? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the whole idea back to the um, paragraph 22. He needed to begin his journey by trusting in the yeah. Lord and forgiving himself. That that where that really begins is when we can say, I don't know what the path is that I need to switch and turn down for forgiveness. I don't know what that looks like. That could be 40 years. That could be hard. That could be walking in circles. But I am in a trust that... Yeah. My Savior is there. I'm a trust. My Father is aware of me, yeah. and I am just going to start. I am just going to start and take that one step that I need yeah. to. To begin and I think you know we could path. say is God, like, but this is but this is what I did. Is God really good enough that He could forgive that thing? And then I want to say, let Him be. Let Him be that good. You're the one holding him back from being that good. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. I mean, our our minds are such powerful tools for negative and positive. I, you guys know my son golfs and it is so fun and he's getting so good. And the only thing that stands in his way is this right here. It is the mental game. And I'm reading books to be of service and help, but they are books um, about the mindset and overcoming the negative and the fear, right? And so I was reading one the other day that just, it made me think about our lives so much where, you know, we get so focused on the negative. So imagine, you know, my little golfer, Weston, going up and it's a narrow tee box. And his immediate first thought is, what if I slice it? 
which yeah. is a negative thought. Yes. That means it's not going down the middle, friend. That means it's going out of bounds and that would not be good. And if he sits with that, then you're, he is more likely to actually slice it, right? But if that negative thought comes in, which it does, right? We are human. We are going to have the negative thoughts. We are going to have the doubt. It is going to come in and say, I don't know that I'm worthy. I am too guilty. I am too ashamed. But it was the, the idea and the practice, because it's going to take practice for mm. us to do this, but the practice of immediately replacing it with an actionable item that can turn it to a positive. So in this recommendation, it says, all right, well, if the first thought is, what if I slice it, right? What if I make that mistake immediately? It's okay. So what would I do about it? Right? Like the immediate turn is, okay, if this is my fear, if that's my worry, what am I going to do about it? Okay, I'm going to focus right on this spot right here. And if it, yes. you know, does go yes. out of bounds, I yes. will then do this, right? But kind of sitting in the moment and like immediately saying, I'm replacing it. And so if you need to find that scripture that you're like, this is the one I'm going to tape to my wall, that anytime I wonder if I can be forgiven, if I can forgive someone else, if I am worthy of the Lord's help. Yeah. Here's where I'm going to I love that go to, so like, much. Immediately um, to and you're reminding it. me of, we can't take human nature out of the equation. We can't take that our mind is sometimes going to go to the place where it's not supposed to go. Um, that that's just is what's going to happen. And I think sometimes we're like, well, I can't be forgiven unless I'm perfect in that thing now. So if I'm not perfect in that thing, then I can't be forgiven. And none of us are ever going to be perfect in that thing. And some of us will have demons. We battle for all of mortality. That is true. And I'll never forget. Um, I went with someone to a counselor who I love and they were struggling with pornography and they did not want to go to a counselor. They were super scared of like, what is a counselor going to do? And so they were like, "Will you just come sit with me for the first one. So I don't have to go by myself because I part of the fear was sitting by themselves with someone they didn't know and sharing. And then they were like, if I feel comfortable, I'll go back. And if I don't feel comfortable, I won't return. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, are you sure? Like you want me to come? And they were like, yes, I, I want you to come. And it is a counselor who I really respect a lot, which is why I had suggested the counselor. And I've seen him have great success with people. And so we got in there and I was like, I'm actually kind of excited to like watch him work, you know? And um, so we, I sat down and I just was like moral support. And the person started talking about um, going through this and he was like, okay, I'm going to right off the bat, I'm going to give you a couple tools. And he gave a couple tools that were super good tools. And I remember thinking when he gave him, oh, that's a good idea. And that's a good idea. And there are things that we've all heard before, which are like, don't put yourself in a situation where you're by yourself for the next little bit and don't have idle time. And like he was giving all the things I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then he says this, okay, when you mess up in three days from now, here's what you're going to do. And I was like, wait, why are you giving him permission to mess up? Like, hold on. That, that is not why I brought him here is for you to be like, it's okay. If in three days, uh, like you're giving him permission is what my mind wanted to go to. And then I listened to him talk out. This is what you're going to do in that moment because it's going to happen. And then when it happens here, 
this is what you're going to do. And I was like, this is why people are getting better is because you're allowing them to bring the natural man into the equation. You're, you're allowing, your mind is gonna go to this place. Like, so let's just acknowledge it's gonna happen. And then let's give you the tools for, then what should you do so that you are not damned, so that you're not stuck yeah. in that place. Like your natural, all of us are gonna make mistakes. And I think we have to realize that. We're gonna make mistakes. This week, you are gonna make a mistake. It's just, it's gonna be true. What should you do after that mistake? And I think if we could learn to live like that, then when someone else makes a mistake, we could just be like, oh, in three days, they're going to make a mistake. They actually did. Uh, that now the question is, yeah. what are they going to do about the mistake? And can they progress forward or do they remain stuck in that place? And, and part of that is the repentance process. It's just... Um, every yeah. day better. That's it. It's not every day perfect. Yeah. It's every day no. better. Okay. Oh. Doesn't it make you think of the chosen? Is it, it's episode six. Is it season? It's season two, episode six, yes. where Mary falls into sin again. And the guys find her and they bring her back and she's with Jesus and she can't even look at him. Her head is down. She cannot look at him. And he says, Mary, look at me. And she just like shakes her head. And he says, did you think that you would never sin again? Like, you're almost like, he, he's yeah. kind of like, of course, I knew you would. Like, I knew that was going to happen. And then he says, I just want your heart. And when our heart is there to try over and to have do-overs, yeah. that is what he is looking for. That I think yeah. I'm gonna do better tomorrow. You know, and she finally looks up at him and he just makes the eye contact yeah. with her and just says, I forgive you. And there was such gentleness and compassion in his voice. And I just like, I think about that so often that he's just like, no, come on. I, I have got room for you. I need that heart that you have that is full of good intention. And if you make a mistake, I, I know that your intention is yeah. to do better. Well, and who Let's loves that we learned in Deuteronomy that. that he's like, and if it takes you 40 years, great, I'm in it. I, and I will be there with yeah. you, right? I just, I love that thought that he's like, it's all right if this is mm -hmm. gonna be a 40 year forgiveness plan. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. I need it. Oh my gosh. I'm like, thank heavens. I got 40 plus years. Yeah. It's a lifetime to get it right. And what a blessing and testament of just yeah. the gospel and the love that our heavenly father and our savior have for us, that they are willing yeah. to sit with us in that time. It's so good. For however and long I love that takes. someone just said, cause I, my mind right now wants to just think back over, we've had so many good learning moments in this conversation and um, that are like, we could apply them somewhere in our life. And someone just said, what are the sprinkles for you? If you're new to Inklings, we gather the sprinkles every week. It's just, what was the, the one part that stood out? And it would be fun just for this last minute for people to just list, what was the one thing for you this week that you're like, this is what I needed. This is why I'm here. Um, this was the thing that I needed here because 
it's good. It's a good deep conversation. But I love the fact that just if you can just take a sprinkle with you um, and keep it is so important. And um, I want to just close with this one thought that I have written, and I'm going to take you into um, 3 Nephi 16 at the um, very bottom, verse 20, because I think we forget um, how good God is, and I think we forget how powerful he is, um, both in his ability to help us repent, but also in his ability to forgive. And there's this one line that says, I'll start in 19, actually. Break forth into joy, sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem, um, which all of us have that waste place in us, that, that place that just isn't right. And it says, for the Lord hath comforted his people, he hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of God. And we hear that phrase a lot, the Lord hath made bare his holy arm. Uh, we read it in scripture all the time. And you might wonder, like, what does that even mean? And in ancient times, men prepared for battle by throwing their cloak away from the shoulder of their fighting arm. That's how they prepared. And I love that thought when it says, you don't need to worry about your waste places. You don't need um, to worry about what isn't right because the Lord already redeemed Jerusalem. And the Lord already redeemed you. He already did. Um, he made bare his holy arm, his fighting arm, um, to get you through whatever it is you will battle in mortality, because this is mortality. And he's already done it. He's already made his arm bare. And I think um, instead of circling that mountain, if we can just focus on him, he will battle through it with us and he'll walk us through that repentance that change process that turning again to him but then he will also bring that peace that salvation that saving that rescue deliverance healing and it's going to happen one by one by one um and i love the thought of that and the power in that, that is so good so um, so many things to hold on to just stopping the mower and one day the miracle begins and it happened on it. It fell on a day. Um, you know, just all these things that remind me this, you're okay. You're doing great. Um, the, the Lord's in this with you and he's going to get you through it. And we just got to let the fear get out of our mind and fill it with him. And we're going to be okay. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Such a so good, good. Um, lesson so good. today. Everybody, thanks for being with us. And then um, we'll thanks, be yeah. back again next week. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.